this week on Podular Modcast. For me, it was, you know, Steve Reich's yeah. uh, like, you know, Come Out record was like my one of my songs that I played a lot for myself and friends. That was always the song I played for people when they were coming down from whatever drugs. You gotta check this out. Right, it's yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that song was very annoying. I probably sent people on bad trips on several <laughs> occasions. Uh, oh, that's not nearly as annoying as me making an album called Music to Come Down To for that purpose. Oh. Welcome to another episode of Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Held, and this week we have Daedalus back on the show. They have a new album coming out this Friday. If you're listening to this on the day of the release, we talk a little bit about the album, but we uh, we mostly just kind of talk about the state of Modular, our woes, our loves, and uh, all sorts of other stuff. So yeah, that's coming up in a moment. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about the Intro to Eurorack workshop that I am going to be running at Patchworks August 18th at 3 p.m. Link in the show description to uh, tickets and all the information as to how you can get on board and be a part of that. Um, But if you're not in the Pacific Northwest, I'm hoping that sometime in the near future, after I've run the workshop a couple times, I will be able to offer it remotely. So we'll see what happens with that. Also, I'm going to be playing at Tacoma Porch Fest this coming weekend in two days from when this is being released. Or is it tomorrow? I don't know. I don't know when this is going to be released. I'm currently in a uh, camp trailer at my parents' house because I'm helping out with my mom again. So, yeah, it's hard to keep track of, you know, like, what day is it? Um, Anyways, yeah, I'll be playing Saturday, I believe, at 1 p.m. Link in the show description. I'm really looking forward to this. I haven't played in a long time. And I don't think I've played in Washington State since before the pandemic. I also want to say thank you to all of the sponsors, 4MS, After Later Audio, Patchworks Seattle, Novation, um, and I want to give a shout out to AI Synthesis. I just recently built a bunch of kits from AI Synthesis, and uh, I have a video in the works about that, but I have yet to get to it, but I built the OTA filter. This is the second time I've built this kit, and... I let somebody borrow my uh, my original one like years ago and just uh, it's been like perpetually on loan so it's nice to have it back because it's a really really cool filter and AI's build guides like if you want to get into some DIY that is a great place to start um, also the 4MS uh, kits for the new looping delay and the uh, sampler I just recently built those as well and in this episode actually I'm talking with Alfred about thinking that I screwed up on the sampler kit, which I did, but I did fix it and it works. Um, and I'll show you uh, some pictures and some video about what I did to mess it up. That was completely my fault and how I fixed it. Um, it doesn't look good, I'll tell you that. But great modules. It's nice to have these two of my favorite modules, but like a, a pared down version of each one, having them a little smaller so I can fit them in my uh, my tiny little setup so I can go play on people's porches and stuff, you know? There's not gonna be a demo this week, and I know I've been kind of slacking on the demos lately, 
Um, I just haven't had time to do that. Boo-hoo, woe is me. Um, but one of the reasons that I haven't had time to do that is because I've actually been working with Madrona Labs, creating tutorial videos on Kaivo, their granular physical modeling soft synth that is, uh, well, if you've been listening to the show long enough, you know that I'm not much of a soft synth person. I'm all, I'm a Mr. Hardware and not for any reason other than I need the tactile stuff or I thought I did. But now I think I just needed the right user interface and just a cool enough soft synth to play with and Kaivo and all the other Madrona stuff is exactly that. Um, so if you want to check out those videos, I'll put a link in the show description to the YouTube page. Um, but yeah, definitely going to be creating a lot of samples to put on the, uh, the 4 ms sampler with, with Kaivo. Podular Modcast, as always, is brought to you by the lovely folks over at Patchworks. Patchworks is more than just a synthesizer, you know, music gear shop. They're building a community by connecting you to the joy of music with workshops, classes, live music events, and friendly, knowledgeable staff. They are there to help you with wherever it is you are at in your music-making journey. Located in the Wallingford neighborhood in Seattle, stop by Patchwork Showroom to play with your favorite music gear and join their community. And if you don't live in the Pacific Northwest region of the world, then head over to patchworks.com, P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com, where they have not just the latest and greatest in modular, but all sorts of synthesizer gear, as well as home studio equipment. Once again, that is patchworks.com, P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. Okay. <laughs> let's, yeah, well, let's jump in. Let's jump in though. Yeah. It's so nice to uh to see and hear you. I you know, we we chat somewhat regularly via text and everything, but you know, we don't get to uh we don't get a lot of face to face time because we're, you know, on separate sides of the country and all that. But um I am so excited to dive into this new record with you. Oh because you know, oh. the press release, like the way, oh. you know, just the explanation of it all about, and stuff. Sure, we can talk about it a little bit. I mean, hey, just, I mean, of course, like, you know, it's a great excuse to be able to chat with you about it, but I want to talk to you about the state of modular. Okay. Really? All right. Well, is there anything on your mind, like specifically? I mean, I just got that cute labs messed up and it's messing me up. I'm not familiar up. with that. Oh I'm gosh, it's rad. It's okay. super weird. Yeah. It's what called it, messed what up. Is it? uh-huh. It's a clock. It's a clock. Okay. But it, it not only distributes just normal clock and click, but also you can run modulating frequency through it so that you can get off clock and you can get like still aligned, still constrained, but then also like free from. So uh-huh. I'm just having the most fun taking, you know, like one subdivision, taking it up to 15 subdivisions of the clock. So it's sending like the weird shaky shakers. And, it, you know, especially from a place of, you know, modular either is full wiggles or like very, very on the grid. Mm-hmm. And uh, liking this kind of half steppy place that to me is more evocative of, of like a Jay Dilla than right, it is right. a Susan Chiani or something. Actually, so. this this makes, yeah, I, I hadn't even really thought of this going into our chat today, but I think one of our last like longer text threads was just talking about clocks and, you know, and like we were, I was just trying to, you know, find 
you know, you you'd kind of give me some like, okay, I want I want this, but now that you're mentioning that, this uh, the messed up, it's like, oh, this sounds like exactly what this sounds like it was made for you, kind of. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, as much as yes, I agree, I feel like it was it was brought forth, but I, I literally heard about it because Perfect Circuit in their never-ending desire to sell me things, uh, <laughs> I just it walked up on my shore, right? It was just they announced it. And it was yeah. like, okay, I can use my like whatever 10% off coupon that they, they right. also uh, come sloshing around with every season. And I was just like, okay. And it was impulse purchase, but it was made for me. Literally, yeah. the engineer probably sat up at night being like, what does Daedalus need? And, and yeah, it spit it out. <laughs> the computer spit it out. Who's, and, who's and, the developer again? Uh, Cute Labs out of New Cute York. Labs. I okay, cool. Have you talked to the developer know. since or? No, not, not, not as such. Um, yeah. I feel a little spoiled and this is maybe no surprise. You, I know you have quite a history of this as well. Like modular is such a hobbyist community writ large. And I know it sells lots of units and stuff, but just the fact you can like reach out to people and just be like, Hey, I like what you did. You person who made the thing that I am uh-huh. actually purchasing. Yeah. It's such a trip. You know, you don't yeah. have many other industries that close to the source. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. A trip. It's really cool. It, I mean, uh, I think I, I hear from a lot of developers that they don't get reached out to enough. So I always like to try to find an opportunity to say like, it, not enough, but as much as you'd think, sorry, not, enough is not the word. They don't get reached out to as often as one would think. And I've heard people who aren't developers, you know, like, oh, I wouldn't want to bother them, but I always like to take the opportunity to, like, if you're enjoying somebody's designs, like, let them know. They love to hear that and you're not bothering them, you know, like. So it, it's the same thing does show up in kind of music where sometimes people are mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to comment on this. I don't want to like wade in. I don't really, I'm not official enough. I don't know X, Y, or Z, but I think everybody who has the apps to, or even the onus to like buy something, I mean, gosh, like what a, what a cool gift you're giving someone who their song quote unquote is this $250 piece of metal that they scrapped together. And if you, if you're interacting with that song or sound or sound source, that's, I, I imagine that people do appreciate that. And I certainly do as a, as a person who makes songs when people leave a review or decide to message in one of the social that makes all the difference in the world. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, hmm. So what else, what else as, as far as the state of modular goes, I've, I've, I've had yeah. some changes as well that I'm excited to share with you, but I, I mean, Oof. it sounds like you had some locked and loaded, so let's keep going. Yeah. Well, I mean, I also, I just know that it's the flavor of the moment to have everything granular. Um, mm-hmm. So many different new units on the market. And I've, been doing my like my simplified granular system where I got those new 4MS samplers, mm-hmm. not the yeah, stereo yeah. trigger sampler, not some acronym. It's just sampler now, which is confusing mm-hmm. to me. I'm used to 4MS, uh, 4MS that is much more acronym based. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, Swan and and Peg and yeah, <laughs> everything, everything. So yeah, so when they're coming out with something straightforward like that, I have to be like, is this is this the same company that I know? And of course it's that and more, it's even more useful in some ways than the STS because it's stereo and it plays into all my stereo um, obsessions that uh, labels like, or in companies like Warong and others have been feeding mm-hmm. me so nicely. Um, and so now that I can run samplers in stereo and I can kind of do some grain processes in the most simplified form, you know, it's like, yeah. mm-hmm. it, it's not true graining. Like but bringing the, the, a start and end time, like inverting those <laughs> and you can get some cool, like, yeah. You can get them right, uh, way down, way down. So I, yeah. I, I've really been enjoying that that fidget's happening in the wider modular space. Mm-hmm. Um, although, and yeah, is it error? Um, yeah, error Smith, I just error. saw. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just error instruments. Yeah, error instruments. Thank you. Yeah, they just announced theirs, and I, it, 
the price for grand, granular is so cheap now on the modular side. I just know that eventually, like, there will be every style of new and novel, everything from vector synthesis and now grain and, like, whatever else. It's like it's all going to come into fashion. It's all, we're all going to have modules. And I just hope that people's appetites for all these different voices stays viable enough that we that makers still feel challenged to go to something new. And it isn't just the flavor of the moment. Like I'm just yeah. not used to a modular space that is so much based on a, on a, like, these are the colors for fall 2023. Right. Know, right. Like, and I think that's a really unfortunate side, you know, just to the fact that, um, you know, we all do everybody who I talk to in our whole community um, and our friends that we are common friends and everything. We, we all do what we do because, you know, we're artists and we love creating. Right. But in order to keep that going, you have to make some money off of it. So that's something that I've, I've often asked makers, you know, like how much does the market affect what you decide to put into production? Because so every maker has a list of designs they want to do, you know, and unfortunately it does play a role. Um, yeah. One thing that seems like it's fallen out of favor, but I think it does speak to this, is that it used to be that a lot of makers, um, I don't know if it was because of a lack of some modules on the, on the market or maybe just they, it wasn't as popularized, but every maker kind of ended up having a full system. And what yeah. constituted yeah. a full system was slightly remixed per maker, right? Like mm -hmm. Pittsburgh famously had their, you know, kind of skiff that you could buy in total and it would be these individual units. IntelliGel certainly seems to be in the same kind mm -hmm. of scheme of things, but some of the up-and-comers don't seem to be quite like, you know, they, they're lacking some of these basic utility things or they're lacking um, some 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 like straightforward voices and all this kind of other stuff. And I, I love I love the approach, though. I like the kind of dispersed approach where people are kind of coming at it sidelong or maybe it's even signaling some of the changing of the guard where, you know, we kind of we we need differently enabled systems like. I don't know. It's like, I love what I've been building with 4MS in terms of my like metaphor of DJ modular mm -hmm. kind of style things. And I see other people similarly like now playing in that space or they have been for a while and I'm just catching wind of it more likely. Um, and I feel like in some ways that's like a self-contained system waiting to happen from a yeah. 4MS or from, you know, uh, gosh, there's a few other people who are making mixers. I mean, certainly IntelliGel now has like a mixer, straight up like cross-fading mixer right. that yeah. they have in the market. So things like that are going to feed into this possibility. But the idea that it's distributed amongst a bunch of different makers other than the kind of mind of one engineering type or a conglomerate of, of one of these companies is, is a little different. And I'm like missing it slightly. When I first peeked in, in that, in the kind of modular space, it was way more about like, you kind of got somebody's point of view and you ran with yeah. it. Now it's a little different. Yeah. I wonder like just, you know, the, the chip shortage and then, you know, like, you know, going through COVID with the stimulus and everything, like, that was probably the best time for modular synthesis sales. And then with the economy and everything, I think it's kind of dipped again. And, you know, how many, how many of these smaller companies just like had to go on pause or maybe just had to stop doing what they're doing because of this. So, yeah, I, I hope to see, I think honestly, like the only, I think like anything you can do in modular, obviously you can do in soft sense, or you can, you can get a much more affordable and maybe a less time consuming uh, method of creating a piece of music just because the nature of plugging in the patch cables and doing all the deciding, you know, like it's not the most efficient way, but I think people really love the format. And I just, I, I still think that the semi-modular is going to be, I, th I mean, it's obviously already like very popular with the make noise stuff and then IntelliGel's new thing. And I think, I just hope that actual modular stays 
in like it, it stays a thing because I can see it kind of going the way of the buffalo, as so to speak, because because of just you know like okay, well now they're all digital, they're all doing multifunction, you know. So what is the real point of having the modular patch bay and everything other than just liking that process or? Well, I, I will offer that, you know, thank goodness for module on the spot and, and some of these situations Definitely. that bring us together and bring us out loud and lively, both because it's obvious, it's like it's a huge um, place where people can get the bug. They can kind of understand what's going on. They can see the work being done, but also any amount of this, the VCV rack or the digital side of things that, that does live in the computer, but emulates or, or kind of works like modular just is not the same form factor, not the same feeling, not the same exactly. play space. And, and mm-hmm. I don't mean to evangelize, but to, to witness it is to, to understand it is to want to do it. And I don't think that happens with a DAW. Like it's a very different thing when you see somebody mousing around on a DAW and they're getting cool output, but it's just, it, it, yeah, I don't know if it, it transmits in the same fidelity, let's say. Right. As yeah. The live show. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, it's just inherently interesting to look at, especially to people who maybe don't know much about it or about it at all. You know, how many modular on the spots? I would be surprised if there was ever a modular on the spot where somebody wandering by didn't stop and then start asking some questions, you know, like, and, and I think, yeah, the form factor, the physicality of it, I think that's, that's the attractive part, almost like even more so than the fact that, you know, like, it is modular. It exists to have this ultimate control over signal flow. I almost feel like just from what I've gathered, talking to people and everything, that's almost like third on the list of importance. Of course, like the control and everything, but like, you know, people don't want to mess with screens and, you know, um, it is inherent. Like it invites you to play it. You see it over there in the corner and you see all the blinky lights and stuff. You're like, I need to interact with this thing, you know? Um, so yeah. Yeah, I yeah. just played a module on the spot in Boston with Boston Module oh, on the cool. Spot as a, a collective. It was so rad. I, I, I wish I could give you all the you know esoteric names of like semi-mystical right. apps and their slashes. Like either you're going to be called like, you know, um, Snowbirds of Paradise or you're going to be, um, and I think one of the groups was Snow Beasts, I want to say. Oh, gosh. Uh-huh. I don't get it wrong. But then on the other side, you have someone like Matthew Cha who's just... It, it killed it did such a good set but equally it just goes by matthew cha it doesn't necessarily like mm-hmm. invite the entire world uh but at the same time it's like it was super rad uh so we played and it was situated right during this like kind of outdoor festival where people were hawking their like weird laser cut you know like uh incense holders and whatnot and then on the side was on a basketball court right next to like a kid's water park was this module on the spot and we just had so many people wandering up and being like i I don't know what this is. A, B, are you all DJs? C, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you noise acts? Because of course we're in New England, so there is a tradition of noise and stuff. So yeah, right, I don't right. think anybody thought we were a lightning bolt or nothing like that, but there was some such. And uh, uh-huh. but yeah, the passerbys, it was so it was so cool to see them just light up because mm-hmm. they didn't immediately understand, but there was something in the sound. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah it's great. As it should I'm trying to, I need to actually reach out to Max from... Uh, Portland modular on the spot because uh, they invited me to do one and I really would like to I haven't performed in so long and I feel like I have yet to do a good live modular performance and I feel like I I can I feel like I can now you know like good but also why why 
Why haven't you done a good modular performance? Are you just too used to having the the computer to fall back on the recording device? No, I don't really. So I think, and for no no re no puritanical reasons, but I've always been really intent. In, like it's been my intent to play a whole set with just a seven U, one hundred four yeah. case, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so like. I just I I feel like in order to do that you have to have a whole lot of skill but you also have to have the right setup. Like, you know, people you know, that if if you have like just a, you know, a basic voice that's, you know, all huge modules and stuff like you could do something long and slow that doesn't have a lot of, you know, change and dynamics to it, but um, you know, I just I want with with modular performance, I just want to make sure that I'm doing something that I'm where I don't feel like I'm taking somebody like an audience hostage, like listen to me squiggle for a while. Um, and I think I've done a few and that's, that's all on me. That's, that's just in, that's me in my own head, of course. Um, um, I've, I feel like I've made some really good patches for live sets, but after about seven minutes, I'm kind of like, usually what I do is like, all right, I'm just going to fuck this up and see if I can kind of bring it, like bring it back together. You know, and sure. I don't do that in my rehearsal because I like, all right, this is solid for seven minutes. The last live show I played was in Portland. And I think this, the actual patch I had set up was really, really great in moving, you know, cause we had backlined and moving a tiny cable had come out in a sea yeah. of cables and it was messing up my clock. So everything was like super jittery and not in a fun way. So I was spent a lot of time figuring that out and it was like this repetitive thing that built to get to this big drop, but it was just, it went on too long and was all fucked up. So like, I kind of, you know, I made the most of it and like made jokes and, you know, but I was, you know, I built that set with the intent of being like, I'm going to go and show Portland. I'm not just the podcast guy, you know? And I don't think I did that. (laughs) And I appreciate where you're coming from. And, and obviously you, you can, have esteem or, or, or kind of have your own set of crit, criti, critical, self-critical values that you have, hold towards your performance. And that's not invalid. I would imagine that just the going through the thing and kind of problem solving is itself its own show. And people probably in the mm-hmm. audience had a lot of, a lot of heart towards that. But in addition to that, I would recommend, and you know, maybe this isn't part of your interest, but should live patch something, should get the interesting things in front of you, you should try to live patch in front of the audience. And then the natural flow of your discovery will be the show. I I think that might be a I challenge think, for you. Yeah, and I think I honestly feel like I could probably pull that off and make it ra- like pretty interesting because I would have the safety net of being like, well, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Um, but you know, I think also I think we've talked about this quite a bit, but I've uh you know, I've never been big on samplers because I don't like writing samples and stuff and that you know, I did my thing for a while, but that was just so not right, you know? So I, I hadn't found the sampler that fit, but I, I don't think you can see it back here, but I got the the um, Busy Circuits ASQ1. It's got like the big, like 909 old school. It's it's based, awesome. I think it's based off of the SH sampler. Um, so I don't, I don't remember exactly which one, but you can play it, you can write in your, you can just, and then I also got the, um, the uh the the zero control for make noise because i was like this is going to work perfectly with the swan because it's got all those 
one volt per octave ends. Um, and it's got, you know, it's got this, the, the note CV out, but there are these other strength and all this. Well, with the swan, because it's all quantized, those can be used as voltage too. So I can set up these chord sequences. Yeah. And totally. so like, I'm like, oh yeah, duh, sequencers. You know, I was just leaning on processing like samples or just, you know, really simple drones through granular stuff and just, which is all fine, but it is a little like, it is a little bit noise swashy, you know, and I, I feel like when, when I play live, I want to, I want people to like have something to bob their head to and enjoy themselves and, you know, um, so yeah, I'm, and I'm bringing guitar back in too. So like I'm playing guitar with modular, like a lot. So, and mm -hmm. that's, I'm super comfortable with that because I've been playing, you know, since I was a, a kid. So I'm hoping that I can get something together, but, um, also it's trying to find the time. I know this is an annoying thing for people to complain about, but it's like just trying to find the time to try to set up a show or something. No, I mean, that's, but that's part of the reason to set up a show is because it forces you to prioritize totally. some of these things kind of yeah. to your head working in the direction. And then if you're going to use guitar, it takes up some of your hands. So you may want to have more autonomous or sequenced things going on in the background. Exactly. Anyways. I didn't realize right. that it's going to come back and hold so much. So that makes yeah. all the sense. Good on and you. And I think for, I want to have it like kind of, you know, be one thing, but have like, okay, I'm playing guitar here and maybe just playing guitar through the modular, something slow, and then, you know, build, and then maybe just go into a thing where I'm actually playing the keys on the zero control, you know, have it be set up almost like more of like a set uh, of movements than just like, cause everything I've ever done live has always just been like, all right, I'm starting here and I'm ending here, but it's never stopping. And yeah. Um, so yeah, but yeah, that, that was it's the thing I wanted to, I was excited to tell you about what's that. I said some more scenes within that might do you well. Exactly. And I got that, the sampler as well, the stereo sampler. Um, so the 4MS one, actually I got the kit and I built it and I, I didn't have one of the legs for the buttons all the way through and I thought I did and it even tells you to check for that. So I soldered everything and I couldn't get it out because desoldering yeah. things is crazy. And then I actually like got the trace picked up off of the board and it was just hanging by a thread. So I got this little tiny wire and I wrapped it around and I think, and it, something's, I need to go through it and check, but I, I might have to. I might have to start over on that one, which I'm really bummed about because <laughs> they made it so easy for us. <laughs> that's, that's bad. I mean, but it's good on you for even doing the thing. And obviously it's, there's a learning curve to it. So don't beat yourself up too much, but dang, that is a little yeah. tough to have that. One. Especially when you know what it is rather than it being an unknown thing that's just kind of warped. Totally. Yeah. If it wasn't, yeah. if it was like an unknown that it's like, I don't even know how I'd begin to find this, but like, I know exactly what it is. And I think the, the trace just got, lifted too much and i think is maybe a little too weak to make the signal because i actually got it to play for a second but it's one of those moving yeah. things around and shit so I, i'm gonna try again but um yeah but yeah the reason i bring that up is get you know get some nice background kind of things to play over field recordings or whatever or even beats with a bass line that i can rock to with a guitar or whatever so that's kind of the the hope right now but yeah i really wanted to tell you i finally finally like got a made the plunge. couple sequencers yeah. <laughs> awesome. I mean, do you have any quantizers right now any official quantizers intelligo um, or uh no the the asq um both of the CV outs are, are quantized and, you know, you just, 
you actually just write it to whatever scale you want, right? Well, but I'm saying, do you have any specific quantizers? Any of those things that have like the buttoniness on the bottom usually or in the middle of the instrument? There's a handful of these different companies that make them now, so. No, no, but uh, I know that the... Uh, the SQ one does have like a, just a quantizer section. And then I think okay. you use the keys to write in the scale that you want. And then the, as you know, like the Swan has a couple different like modes or whatever. Um, so yeah, no, I'm just kind of uh, mostly going to use the ASQ for, I mean, it'd all be like Western scale stuff for now, but I kind of want to like, I want to, I want to just get some basics under my belt before I start going for some, like more odd. don't forget you can always add a little slewiness or some utility after the quantizer right. to get things out of that that westernness pretty right. fairly straightforward yeah um, it's harder to get to something specific edo some specific micro tuning or whatever but it's it's not impossible by any means it's nice that yeah. this stuff is out there yeah definitely and i i'm 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 actually trying to write this like i've i've tracked some stuff uh, i want to make like a like a thrashy electro punk like hmm. heavy rock kind of thing. I don't, I've, sure. you know, I've been listening to a lot of deer hoof and a lot of lightning bolts. So I just want to rock lately. So I'm like doing the whole <laughs> tune down to C, but have it like still standard tuning. So you can just get a little chunkier. So I'm kind of sticking with some pretty basic, you know, a harmonic minor, you know, just like stuff that sounds cool, but it's not super deep as far as like getting in like weird music theory kind of stuff. But um, I mean, it's just, you know, hey, if you if you don't know any better, you can be as deep and off offshore as you can. <laughs> as you can. It doesn't matter. Nobody, you know, right. nobody will bat a lot as long as it sounds, as long as you're holding the spirit of it. So that's great. Uh -huh. Well, congratulations. That sounds like a, an exciting direction. Yeah, I'm, I'm having, it's, you know, it's just given me a lot of, uh, a lot more confidence and just that creative boost. Um, you know, like sometimes you go through the lulls and then sometimes you feel like you are ready to just express, you know? And I think the confidence comes from bringing in the guitar. Cause like mm -hmm. if something goes horribly wrong, I can, I could, if I have some cool effects, I could play a set with just a guitar. It might be a little slow and whatever, but I could, I could do that if I had to. So it's like a safety net that I probably don't need, but mentally having it is. Are you a fan of deaf heaven? Have we talked about them before? I feel like we have i've heard that's one of the bands that people have often recommended i just think if you're into the heavy but also utilizing you know kind of it isn't like a modular thing by deaf heaven by any means but it is like shoegaze meets death metal is kind of like okay. a catchphrase yeah you may you may dig it it's it it is kind of oscillate wildly back and forth sometimes like straight up like the kind of cookie monster vocal thing and then suddenly you're like in like a shimmery scape of like endless reverbs and and heavily compressed guitars and then it's it like we'll switch back to the blast beats it's great that way though i think you're okay big. is that kind of along the lines of like liturgy or i am not i'm not up to speed on so much of that stuff like my okay. ears are so electronically enabled i just happen to have the every once in a while like i should listen to more math rock or right yeah like, yeah I, but like i just check out like i liked i had a went through a, a recent midwest emo phase okay and by yeah. that i like i wanted to like wanted to like you know cry into a pillow a little bit uh -huh, and, the, uh -huh. and, and it served its purpose and it certainly got me to some other sounds but it was just like there, these worlds are too enormous like yeah. we're talking about being hobby with a, with a synthesizer but lord if you're not like as serious as all things about whatever kind of micro genre you're you're just it's it's impossible 
Totally. Which I think is cool and it's also daunting, you know, because there's it's like the idea of the one big radio rock band. Like all these all these superstars are kind of like they're all older now because there aren't so many new ones as much. And I I don't know. I think that ultimately will be better for the the psyche of of everyone involved. I mean, I would argue there <laughs> I would argue there was way more new ones. It's just they're not in the genres that we have come to think of as being monolithic or right. iconic. Like you, have right. you checked out plug? Or P-L-U-G-G as a genre? So, uh-uh. No, no, not as a genre, no. It's a, an ethereal offshoot of trap music. And okay. it's like you like half the artists like I've never heard of. And like you just kind of come across something and you check out their Spotify and there's like a million listeners per month. It's like, oh, I'm just not checked into this. Like right. this is happening. Like a right. full constructed world with like superstars. And I'm just not doing my diligence. One of the beautiful things about teaching, of course, at a school with young people is that they're like got the tattoos they're like living and breathing you know right right yeah like they're gonna make it in that world and just like i don't even know i don't even know the name of the genre much less that like half the artists and it's yeah yeah just going through like you know top top albums of 2023 on you know like cool sites or whatever i'm like i have no idea who any of these people are you know and i feel like i'm i've got this habit of getting into a band like 10 20 years after like they were you know like i i've only been in it's maybe been three or four years now that i've been like super into deer hoof but they've been around forever you know like so i i tend to find old stuff and then go back in time and then i'm like oh yeah i'm never gonna know what's going on right now but it's beautiful just yeah to be okay in the disconnect is a hard feeling but mm-hmm. it also means you can connect with what's authentic to you it's beautiful it's yeah absolutely and i think i'm also to the age where a lot of the new stuff that that comes out i don't want to say it's like i don't want to be the old guy that's like oh this is just derivative of this because most everything that was influential to me as a youngster was super derivative of something else i mean i think that's I think derivative maybe is is not the right word, but you know, taking inspiration from and kind of the, the combination. But a lot of the stuff I hear, I'm just kind of like, well, this just sounds like this stuff, this stuff, and I like that more, you know, like. But yeah, I also don't have a lot of time to just try to give because totally. it takes time to. You have to dedicate yourself to a new record or a new artist to, to we- fully find out if you like it. We can all be more like Pauline Oliveros, always. It's the mantra. It's the, mm-hmm. it's the same. Mm-hmm. Have that deep listening. You know, I don't do it often enough, but like pick a record, never heard, but something that's just whatever reason has crossed the penumbra and like it's in it's in somewhere in the focus and just give it an actual listen. Try to do it dispassionately. Try not to involve the active mind that brings in all the other stuff that has mm-hmm. been or will be. Just listen to it for what it is and like, you know, geek out on like, you know, how they made the snare sound like whatever and whatever modules they might have used. Um, whether or not they even know knew that they did, if they're sampling some esoteric electronic music, you're like, wait, I know. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know yeah. that thing, but I don't like think about it too much. Yeah. It's a good practice to keep and I think it will it's you know, it's we are we would all do better if we could do that. But it's impossible. It's way too much yeah. way too many video games to play and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Totally. And well, and it's like I off I often feel like I just, I want to make it more than I want to listen to it. And I'm kind of an information spot, like not sponge because I don't retain all of it, but I just like, I just like to learn about things and I get pretty obsessive about particular things. So I often listen to a lot of podcasts, like on drives and stuff, or, you know, audio books or whatever, uh, masterclasses on YouTube. Um, 
But I feel like they're they're the thing that that desire to listen to music. I either want to listen to something that I can sing along to because I love singing, even though I don't ever do it publicly or anything. Um, or I, and it's not even technically music, but I find myself like when I want to do like the headphone immersive thing, I'd rather just listen to the last field recording I made when I left my, my field recorder outside somewhere in the woods overnight. Uh And I haven't listened to what maybe happened. You know, I've got like multiple nights, hours that I haven't even checked out. And when you're in the woods, weird shit can happen at nights. Like I left one at my parents' house and I'd been falling asleep to it because I liked, you know, white noise and stuff like that. It's just birds at night, you know, and an hour and 25 minutes into it, right by the field recorder, uh, two raccoons fighting over something. And it woke me up. It scared the shit out of me because it's like the, and I'm going to sample that for something because it's just like this horrendous sound, but it's amazing. (laughs) I got to send that to you. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, what of, of all the things to catch too, right? Yeah, gosh, yeah, and it's kind of like a it's kind of like fishing. It's a numbers game because you know, like the sound of coyotes, like a pack of coyotes going off in the distance, like it doesn't sound the way a lot. Like if if you're not familiar with what they sound like, they don't sound like dogs. It sounds like a bunch of children having a satanic ritual. It's a, a very creepy sound because they're not howling. They're like have this yippy thing, and it's yeah, very they, eerie. They're communicating. Yeah, extremely. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can say that one of my teachers in college, and this is ages ago, um, the, his came, claim to fame was he put out a record of, of coyote songs that were like electronically pushed around. Uh-huh. And like you know, this is a program that had one synthesizer course and like maybe two levels of that course. You know what I mean? Like that kind of vibe. Uh-huh. And I took that 12 times, seven times. Oh, um, shit. So I, took it, I took it. Yeah. Like I, I rang that doorbell until they told me I had to stop. But, uh, yeah, he was rad. And that record, it's always stuck with me that he got all those yips and like just pushed them around a little bit. It sounds rad. Okay. It's, what is it called again? Uh, it's it's on like non-such. It's on like a label. Okay. It's definitely okay. like acoustic music, but it has like, it's like wolf songs or, but it's like coyote music or whatever the thing is. Okay. Um, I'm looking this up now because I have to hear this. Yeah. Robert something. I, I, I hate to bring up things and immediately have to bail on any technical information, but that's my brain. You have a media brain. <laughs> I have the anti-media brain. I have, wait, this sounds like something I've heard. And then like, no, no information about how or when, which I always yeah. feel like is going to, like give me some sort of fallback if ever i get grilled on samples i'll be like i truly don't remember i truly don't know put the well, polygraph you've on worked with so many too like there's I'm no saying, way you like, could, yeah. yeah you yeah you, you can't keep track of all those like how often are you even, yeah you know i mean I at this point are you remembering like color like colors and and numbers rather you know because you the position on the vinyl like i'm actually pretty good at remembering like when in the if i can get a song that i know i've sampled like when in the song i sample uh-huh silly uh-huh. thing it's so weird how yeah I, I was just thinking the other day about how my brain there is like some weird little thing where it's like for some reason i can key in on that but it's not like real information that i could convey to somebody else and i, I can't remember what it was i hope that comes back um but yeah what so what else like what else is what else modular wise is there is there anything that you are sounds like you found the the clock thing that you're you're into and i know the crossfader thing has been kind of eluding you for a while is there have you yeah i mean i got the intelligent crossfader i like it a lot i did sweat into it briefly during oh, this no. last show uh-huh. and it, it did stop 
crossfading in the way you would expect. And so it suffers from what most crossfaders do, which is it is a physical, uh, you know, impotence or whatever, like, or, you know, like a potentiometer, so to speak. And so it, it, <laughs> I have to remember that I am as a human player, uh, making sometimes a mockery of this kind of perfect machines. So that just became part of the show. It's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm losing some of my source material and I have to kind of think about things a little differently. I may start to incorporate more different, more kinds of crossfading. Like I got Subway from WMD. Right? Okay. Is that WMD? Um, sure. Awesome kind of crossfader thing, but it's only, it's only mono source. You can kind of make it stereo. You could, fade, oh no, it's, it's mono all the way through because it has one output. Six inputs, one output, rad, little like, Mm-hmm. utility weird thing i'm gonna have so much fun with that eventually when i get the right combination of things but i i am i got a three body is what i'm building towards i i've i've been messing around with all these different utilities and all these i got i love item i got that i think with mm-hmm. you when i was last up, up your direction yeah I'm absolutely adoring that still finds its way into all of my skiffs that thing's crazy but yeah the real thing yeah. it's super crazy it does so much i can't wait to really give it a rinse i really understand it uh, so to speak because mm-hmm. i'm always kind of busy trying to make it work rather than just trying to get depth <laughs> yeah but then yeah the thing I, I got and that i haven't utilized at all yet is three body which is you know the schlappy mm-hmm. um amazing digital oscillator strangeness that you know schlappy is so good at it's so uh, great yeah, yeah. It's so it's it, I know it's going to be awesome, but like I, it's proving to be a little elusive. And I know part of it is that I, I don't have as much imagination towards voices, like towards oscillators. I, mm-hmm. I, I like what I was able to do immediately with SWN and some of the, the things. But like and I this is and I, I feel like so I, I feel like a fake in terms of modular because I love my no voice system and like the kind of the modular DJ thing and all that stuff. But like and I can perform with it immediately and I know a way around it. But when it comes to a voice, like I just like, what do I do? Just make it play notes mm-hmm. that's yeah so no that's on the that's notes, where i've but, been yeah yeah that's yeah. where i've been too but i've i think you know getting the swan and then uh the triphase oscillator from new systems instruments like messing with those two together has made me really like want to get into doing melodic stuff for the first time in modular and then yeah the the, the three body is just like Especially because, you know, with the digital thing and if you're using it in the, uh, what's it called? I forgot the mode, but it's basically like the the the, the second and third oscillator will kind of track, not really track, but you can you can do some really interesting, almost chordy type stuff. And yeah, but it's somebody's listening I mean, to podcast, Somebody's listening to this podcast right now and yelling at us with the mode. <laughs> like, How do you not know this? You both have this. How do you not know this? This is the thing that makes it so cool. Sorry, everyone yeah. out there. Listening. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's right Away there. Okay. Well, now yeah. I gotta look. Since it's well, right so here. I will say while you're off mic briefly, um, I will say that I'm very excited about the state of modular. I think, you know, I, I think I've said this to you every single time we've talked, but the fact that it is still a passioned hobbyist community rather than these kind of needful professionals means that we still get clever things like clockwork. You just wait another couple months, and there will be a new wave of something really a different take on mm-hmm. either trad things or like something brand new that like sets the world on fire. And I don't mean to be so restive towards that, but like in so, and uh, so many other uh, avenues of the music tech industry, it's like people kind of just rehash, rehash, rehash. There's very little new that really comes along. Yeah. Um, thankfully. And if like, if you're kind of get geeky in the kind of live coding or the max for live space, there's some interesting things going on there too. Some great makers and stuff, but like, 
dang, if you just can just like wait till something really cool happens and it will inspire a song, a record and a something. And uh, totally. I feel such a pressure of that. Yeah. I like, I like, this is something that is, is really, um, uh, you've, you've helped me like make peace with something that when I first started like getting into modular, you know, it, it was younger, not as many makers. And, you know, a lot of it was, you know, like, um, you know, it's not the gear, you know, it's, it's the artist and, and the gear is just our tool. And I'm like, yes, that's true. But I've also had pieces of gear literally inspire like the idea that became a whole album and a process. And I don't think there's anything wrong with like looking to gear for inspiration. And I feel like that's been poo-pooed a lot. Well, I mean, I, I think we we have this idea that the the musician is this genius maker who sits on a pedestal and throws lightning bolts from a mountaintop, and that's fine. Right. <laughs> if you really look at like things, something like the Belleville Three out of Detroit, or you know that area that invented techno, it's like sure they had a vision and they had a scheme that they were going to put things in, but the eight hundred eight was a muse, and it wasn't just right. a muse; it was their format for at least a time. And and same thing with like you know. I, I'm a kind of student of this stuff and I teach this stuff and like your juke music with people like Dion who, you know, sadly passed just very recently, but RP Boo and, and others um, who, who kind of were pivoting the kind of very, very fast house sound to something more triplety slash, you know, hellacious that juke became footwork was footwork is um, they, they were using the R50 because they wanted those 808 sounds, but the R50 happened to be this kind of place where they could get a whole bunch of different, rolling drum machines and that just happened to have all the rock toms also in there so as they're like scrolling around to find the next sound it's like oh wait what are those like yeah i've never heard those before total like transmission immediately from the equipment to the utterly changed even just the way that the rhythm would play or mm. you know the, the, the central intent of the the music itself suddenly like oh wait we can do this and we don't have to be beholden to you know um whatever crass and immediate and wonderful samples that, mm -hmm. that was previously and it just goes on and on and on like that like the equipment is is important the equipment has a voice and it is not just your sidekick but it is like you're you're the person in the band with you they're the slightly totally. mousy or slightly loud people in the band yeah no i'm i i totally agree and that's why i think you know um i don't think it's about having a lot of modules i think you know but making the the size case that i want to work live um it's, I don't know if it's a challenge. It's probably laziness because I don't want to have to pack a bunch of stuff. Um, because I've been in bands, I've sh I've schlepped gear. Like I'm I'm over it. Um, but uh, you know, ha having having the right piece, having the right pieces in the kit for you. You know, it's not going to make you a great artist. You have to figure out how to use it all and and get your vision to come out through it. But you also have to do some time figuring out what are these little conduits that are going to that you're going to squeeze through you know or whatever and sometimes it's worthwhile quieting the mind because you have a lot of possibility and you have a lot of modules and you're in communication mm -hmm. with a lot of makers you have a lot of sense of what's coming and what's been you might have to quiet some of those curiosities and just settle on something that is that seven you in front of you and, yeah that's make that that thing work but also I, I feel you it's like i know you've done enough of these recordings both the through the podcast and then also out in the world where you know, maybe you're, maybe you're not meant to be satisfied with this. Maybe you're in a quest, questing place. You know, it's funny. I was, uh, w when I'd first gotten super into guitar pedals, so this was like the seed that was planted that became this garden in, in the studio now. But, um, 
you know, I was, I was constantly switching stuff out just like you would with modular, finding the right thing and trying to find the right, you know, guitar amp combo. And I was, you know, talking to my guru at the time, the guy who was at the local shop in Ellensburg. Um, and I was like, you know, will the search ever end? And he goes, you don't want it to, because then you're done, you know? And, and I was like, that's totally true. Cause that's, that's how I am. Like, I'm always going to be switching it around. You know, I, I knew when I was saying, I don't use samplers or oscillators. I knew there would be a day where I'd come and say to you today when I, you know, <laughs> oh no, I'm into it now. <laughs> well, I think, and if I may say with the pedal thing, there is this infinity of both pedal and guitar and they're in communication with each other. And we kind of abdicate our role sometimes as tonal, as tonal person, even though your fingers have as much say on the shaping of the sound as some of these pedals, right? Or most of the pedals. Right. You're still the instigator. Versus modular, it's always flowing, and it can be so so uh, so monumental, so enormous that it can be easy to kind of put too much onus on the space. So I do Absolutely. think it's cool that you're keeping yourself in the in the mix. But I'm happy that you're using samplers. I want you to use them more. I want you <laughs> to use them quantizers. I want you to mix and match the voices and the oscillators. I don't want you to think of them as being one side of the coin and the other. But I'm I'm looking forward to hearing what you plunder from that. Well, yeah. So I'm kind of in that fit because I've laid down mostly just using the modular with effects on the guitar and then, you know, modular drums that I'm now adding live drums over, but I've got my Roland V drum set and it. It's taken me a year, but I think I've got the different, you know, I've built my own kit. So some of it's a jazz kit, some of, you know, and I feel like I finally got it all good um, to where it doesn't sound awful. Um, so yeah, I feel like um, that's the next step is kind of what you were just saying. And that's part of why I wanted to get two different samplers is to try to, you know, play because some of these voices I have in the modular, uh, you know, I've, I love my summit. Novation Summit is awesome, but there are voices that I have in my modular set between the Swan, the Triphase and the um, the three body that I'm just not going to get anywhere else in the combination of those things and the panning of those things and, you know, how maybe they're influencing each other, you know, all that. So that's kind of, I was actually just thinking that yesterday as I was listening to some of these tracks, like, are they done? Do they need more? And I'm like, I need to get back into the modular environment and, and see what I can add to them. So I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can do some of that and, and send it your way and have you be like, that's what I was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Good. I'm so happy to hear that. That's rad. Yeah. Um, I've been, I mean, if I, if I may make the gentle but obvious pivot then, so it's like I also have been in a, a recording phase. It just happens to have landed in a record. My timing has it as coming out quite soon. I have this, this full album of inspired material, still focused and as conceptual as I tend to be. But I also went through a, a kind of a painful part of it where I had recorded the vast majority of the work, both in the DAW and some of it kind of through modular technique, even though it was kind of, it was way more about the in the DAW work because I was kind of squeezing these recording sessions in on the train ride to work or uh-huh. late at night when the kid goes to sleep. I mean, typical stuff. It's just a little mm-hmm. atypical for me where I'm used to having these big sidebars of time to work on music. So life has changed quite a bit with kid and work uh, at school. But I, I had recorded the vast majority of it and I was like, you know what, this is fine. It's nice, it gets to the concept, but it is missing so much of humanity. And I need to inject immediately, like I I just can't be restive and wait for the record to calcify in my brain and just become this maybe more turgid, wavy, wiggly thing. Mm -hmm. And and so I talked to this 
amazing violinist who ended up who I had met through like a, a weird dubstep show or dubstep adjacent. So I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I think the artist I opened for would would not like the terminology of dubstep. I think rhythm or otherwise would be more their sweet spot. But uh-huh. so I, I opened for this artist in the backstage area. The violinist who worked with Igloo Ghost on one of his records was there. And dang, if this person Vivek Menon or Men Men yeah Menon is so killing it, so rad, such a great player. And I just had him rinse every track. I just had him like just mess around, tool around, and suddenly that feeling that I get from modular to be quite frankly, uh, Frank, it, it was happening where it's like, okay, this stuff has like distinct opinions. Mm-hmm, it is offering mm-hmm. me an opinion. And I can either say yes or no. I can kind of push it around a little bit, but here's this whole worldview that this player had in this case, but I, I equally have caught the bug many a time from a piece of equipment. And so it ended up being this kind of like huge layer that had me go back and record more, had me go uh-huh. back and challenge my notions of where the songs were done or not. And I love that. And it ended up being indeed like, so this record's about, my time with SETI as an artist in residence, SETI is of course the search for extraterrestrial intelligence started by Carl Sagan so long ago in like 1970 something. Mm-hmm. And uh, ancient institution that still hasn't found aliens. You'd imagine that in the 30, 40 years that it's been around 50 years that it would have caught them yet, but not, not quite. I mean, yeah. you know, conspiracy theory would have you believe otherwise, but right, right, yeah. not plenty of other <laughs> phenomena though, though has been recorded and captured by their radio antenna and different kinds of telemetry and all that stuff rad amounts of stuff so cool to talk to the scientists so in, like inspiring and so this record is is partially formed out of that time but i knew i needed to bring it back down to earth like talk to earthly concerns and so the violin started to do that for me okay so much fun so nice yeah. to be able to do that well so this this record it's it's like the first, the first track, especially, but I feel like moments throughout, if you're listening to snapshots of it, it sounds like a score, but then you go, you know, then it goes into like, you know, what we, what, what I, what I really come to a, a, a Daedalus album searching for is, is that, you know, but I feel like it's, I don't know. It feels like it's a little bit more, um, corralled. Like as like especially um uh in in contrast God I'm blanking on the name the one your recent album with your with with um with Clement, what's that was, yeah. was it Simmers over the Clementine uh, cover with my, yeah my yeah Clementine. right yeah yeah, um, yeah. I appreciate that yeah and Simmers over is kind of a not as a conceptual record even though there's concept that flows through it there's some musical motifs and things that show up and some other uh, you know, right. specifically you about the steel drum thing and like just how you yeah. made me like a steel drum for the first time ever. <laughs> I got a little stuck on it. I got a little stuck on steel drum. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I mean, just like anything, right? We have our, our obsessions. Um, but yeah, so so this record being like more focused, maybe you're hearing that it's focused through the lens of what this organization is, but also like the this sounds so strange, but the oral hygiene, the ear hygiene that these scientists go through. So they're, they're not just detecting what they fancifully want to hear. Like here are these people desperately searching the stars for signs and traces of life. You have to be so dispassionate because clearly they believe that there's aliens out there to listen. Mm-hmm. They're not just looking out of like, I don't know, I'm just going to like, you know, yeah, focus right. my <laughs> crazy billion dollar radio, tower, you know, radio <laughs> antennas to be at this point of space because... Ah, I got some free time. Like it's just the act alone of pointing up and listening out. It takes such amounts of belief that science doesn't usually reckon with, right? Like the, mm-hmm. 
the thesis versus outcome thing alone is just like doesn't include an act of faith like this generally. So the oral hygiene, the fact that they have to come at the stuff so open that they may get this blip or bleep, but they have to put it through such rigors to 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 kind of make sure that it's not something. Right. These FRBs out there, these fast radio bursts, these ultra fast radio bursts that are that are like starting to like a couple of years ago, they first detected this. And it's this, this really unknown phenomena where it's like these things that shouldn't exist in in this in space because it's like, what is it like some sort of quasar, you know, in its end of its life creating this like very strange, like almost, almost talking, almost uh, oh, really? like noise, like kind of uh, periodic kind of rhythmic stuff. And it's like, or is this some kind of communication method that we just don't have an understanding for, or even gravitational waves that are increasingly becoming something that they're investigating and looking at? Well, it's like, we may not have, you know, like the barest understanding of even like one pulse of one of these giant gravitational waves, but like, maybe this is communication on a different time scale that we're just not used to and all the, all this stuff. So it makes it super interesting, but they still have to be like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Nope. Yeah. Like, well, that's, yeah, that's good. Know. Science is just, you have to prove yourself. You have to prove yourself wrong until you can't, you know? Exactly. Um, exactly. So there's no other explanation that's feasible except for the mm -hmm. one that includes the most outer space notion that there is intelligent life. Right. So, so making a record about that includes both trying to have some of those, those precepts, but then also bring in, why do we make art in the first place is to imagine, is to be passionate, is to make errors and mistakes and kind of play messy in the space. Yeah. And, 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 you know, maybe in some ways influence the scientists rigidness, but not trying to get them off their path. Just trying right. to make sure okay. that yeah. being heard. Too. Well, I, yeah, well, I guess when I, when I, like, when I say corralled, I feel like this, this, cause you know, you have, you have these, you have a lot of like the conceptual stuff. You've got the trilogy and, and then you've got your more of your, you know, kind of just beat driven stuff. I don't even think beat driven is the right word, but like, <laughs> I feel like you, you are, you're so good at, and, and I think it's because you have just such a deep interest in exploring how far you can go with, with rhythms and, and just, and and like for lack of a better word but it's the word that comes into my head wackiness you know like i feel like with this one it feels i know like it's a bad it's not the word i wanted um but uh <laughs> um but i feel like this um it's uh it's a xenopocene right is it xenopocene yeah that would that would be a interpretation just like with the way i say daedalus and it's not the way the greeks would say daedalus right I don't right think I think they would probably put more juice on it. Um, right. <laughs> fine. But yeah, yeah. Xenopocene means, meaning alien age, just like we're kind of in the Anthropocene. Mm -hmm. uh, this would be the Xenopocene, the alien age when we've encountered, when we've actually, when we have this kind of positive occurrence of an alien right. transmission. Yeah. And I feel like, and it's, it's a great uh, thematic umbrella for this thing this this idea or the my my perception of it being kind of like sitting firmly between maybe you know like especially the 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 third installment of the trilogy and then um you know it's 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 got the the moments of like it, you know for when i first hit play i was like oh, did daedalus make an ambient album you know and then <laughs> and then but oh no there's there are moments of non-ambient you know so it's like yeah i i'm i'm it's cool to hear this kind of meshing it seems like the most blended of kind of your your sonic what you what you offer sonically i guess do you think that's accurate kind, or 
Am I, yeah, I, mean, I, think am I off on that? I think it, no, I think it's a focused record, and I definitely I wanted to do modern classical things. Uh, the electroacoustic modern classical tradition of like the late 20th century is fascinating to me. It's kind of where I got my start musically. My parents, for whatever weird reason, they enacted some John Cage pieces when they were in college with John Cage. Uh, oh, wow. They were kind cool. of part of the latter half of the Fluxus thing. They were doing stuff adjacent to that. Um, which had a sound outcome, you know, people think about like non-such records and, and all the, the kind of electroacoustic stuff that they released. My parents had a lot of that in their collection, mm-hmm. a lot of other bizarre stuff too. And they didn't really listen to it. I find, I found out later on in life, like they, like maybe like many academics, they kind of had records because they were supposed to, but not necessarily because they actually <laughs> engaged or listened to them. Yeah, it was yeah. up to me cover them randomly and be like, what is, what is this Zanakis thing? Like what's going, I feel weird. And like, it, you know, kind of a, a kind of like a growing adolescent way. So rad and so unmooring as a young musician to have it stuff under, under a needle, uh, playing loudly in headphones. Um, I'm sure other people had that experience with Loveless or something, but for me it was, you know, Steve Reich is yeah. uh, like, you know, Come Out record was like my one of my songs that I played a lot for myself and friends. I was always the song I played for people when they were coming down from whatever drugs. You got to check this out. Right. It's tape yeah, basic. yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, it was very annoying. I probably sent people on bad trips on several <laughs> occasions. Uh, oh, that's not nearly as annoying as me making an album called Music to Come Down to for that purpose. Oh. Like, hey, listen to this. <laughs> But at least, you know, from a Spotify, you were like really hitting the algorithm, right? Yeah, right. You're not letting like, a question. <laughs> somebody types it in, they'll get served that up right away. Um, but gosh, so it's like, I, I have this, I, I have this penchant for the modern classical thing in, in a variety of ways. I don't always like where it's moved to with some of these composers, both ambient wise as well. And not to say that I dislike it. It just doesn't like, I wanted more noise. I want more strange yeah. kind of uh, spread and, and not necessarily to speak to 12 tone, even tempered, whatever else. And so I'm, I'm playing around with some of that stuff, but then equally the violin kind of helps bring it back down to the, back down to earth. Mm-hmm. And so what you might be hearing, and this is what I was getting at is that here's all these same kind of wiggles that I normally do. And then I have a strong collaborator in, in both Vivek, but then also rap Ferreira jumps on a track as an MC. And then uh, Eli from the breathing effect, uh, also helped wrestle one song to be very tuneful, very beautiful, very elegaic. If I'm saying that word, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, kind of almost mournful. Uh, and, and so, yeah, like I like collaborative work. I have other records that have more collaboration in my more distant past. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. I think the isolation, both of pandemic, but then also prior to that, like, life goes life at least as a creative it's like it's too fast moving for me to reach out to my peers or people i esteem and be like hey let's let's jam out some music like totally just seems like a fever dream at this point i Mm -hmm. i i I love those moments where you get to something through consensus and you know you're you're not just in that kind of producer seat where everything is is the rules Mm -hmm. Um, yeah but i just don't yeah having a collaborator too can just like bust you out of your your if you're in some sort of box that you haven't realized you've drawn around yourself or in a in a rut maybe that you don't even realize you're in or just to have especially if it's a really trusted uh collaborator um to give you you know insights that are not just uh complimentary and not you know that just truth like hey you know this part's just too long or this snare does not sound good you know like this kind of thing like because 
you need to hear that sometimes because like one of the tracks that I'm working on mixing right now, I'm, I've just decided like, I can't listen to it for like a week because I have, I've fatigued my ears to the current mix. So I don't know. I don't know if it's good or bad and I have to take some time. So, and I think we having another person can speed that up, you know? Yeah. We have to become cartographers of ourselves, of our ears, of our soul or whatever. And we have to figure out how to both like get, get a clear map and an idea of who we are, but then equally we have to find a way off the map. We have to actually have that exploration component really take place rather than doing lip service or ear service right, or whatever. Right. Yeah. And it can be so easy to be like, Oh, I'm just using a new technique. I'm trying a new scale. You know, this sounds new and novel, but you're not really plundering. You're not really going deeper. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, okay. We are about to hit an hour. I'm glad that we right. got to the record because I, re- and, and thank you for, for uh, letting me do whatever it is. I don't know if it was waxing poetic slash interrogating, but um, <laughs> um, you know, you know, it's like, I'm going to go there. I just like, yeah. can't help. But you know, I, I, there's stronger, like you have such a, a great uh, platform and you have a great community. And I, I'm, I'm really grateful every time I get a chance to speak to them. Cause this is like, you know, sadly other things without um, that festival, I wouldn't have met as many of the people who are like directly right. in your scene and mm-hmm. is really in some ways because like they're very on your wavelength and they're asking some of the same questions about their environments and themselves and like it's hard not to wax poetic basically because yeah like, yeah you know, well doing it. i think also you know anybody who gets to know you either personally or through you know long-form talks like this it's very clear that you are 100 in it for the love of the game like you know like you are an enthusiast and you know, like you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, I have a record, but let's talk about the thing. And you are, and but you're, and you're serious. And I think that is like, that's what makes, that's one of the, the hallmarks of our community too. It's just this like, I don't want to talk about me right now. Let's just like, let's, let's talk about this thing that we have this common love o- about that other people definitely don't want to hear us talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it is, I mean, it's, it's, I, I appreciate that you, yeah, it's like a selfish thing. Cause it's like, dang, if like in my everyday, like I, you know, Hey, talking to the baby often, it's amazing. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. The thing that Clementine's up to, um, and all this dinosaur stuff's come up recently and he still messes around with the blip box a little bit. And so there's oh, nice. and stuff going on. it's like rad, but then like, yeah, it's, it's a different, you can't nourish the soul just with t- right, <laughs> looking at yeah. this one circle and just being like, what's going to happen next? Cool, cool, cool. But like the synths are just waiting. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is he like five now? Four or five? No, no, not at no. all. Two and a half. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, this is still okay. a freshy thing. Oh, my well, gosh. Okay. Okay. That, well, because I was thinking that and I'm always off, especially like with the pandemic and stuff. <laughs> so I was like, I got to add two years yeah. to whatever my guest is. Um, <laughs> it feels like the conclusions he's coming to feel very, you know, very mature or whatever, but like, I don't know. I don't know. That's it's, cool. it, it is kind of weird to think that I'm at the precipice of him starting to remember stuff. I don't, I'm not saying, you know, people have all their different ages and stuff and maybe this is all like imprinting, but like part of it is, is just this wait. And where are we like, you know, what is he going to really, what's going to start to being these like really formative moments? Like, Oh, right. like, <laughs> yeah. God. And it's funny to think that like, you know, our parents probably didn't think about that as in depth as you know you just uh said um and like what i'm i'm interested to see what like this this crap of kids you know what like as as adults like what kind of weird effect will this kind of more 
this heightened awareness of that kind of stuff. Like what, like, you know, uh, there's going to be positive and negative aspects to it, of course, you know, but like, who knows, like, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, to see. I, I worry that the mirror is going to be too reflective and that they're going to be having too clear of a view of themselves or too much, too much pressure on that to form a self or form an identity that is both projected inward and outward. And mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of, stuff that takes years and years to figure they might be forced to do that right away and kind of commit to things that they may maybe would or wouldn't um you know it it might be glorious it might be like oh my gosh like you know can you imagine like having that warp zone and skipping all that time and just getting to getting to some truth um but it's going to be hard no matter what and it already is the case like you know there's you see it happening the kind of amount of people parsing out the info and stuff can be a lot I, mm-hmm. I deal with it enough as a kid, but much less these college age students who are also trying to figure out what a, a career is like in the industry. It's, it's a lot. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation I, that I really would like to have with you because I'm I'm currently building uh, an intro to Eurorack. Uh, cool. Uh, court. It's not. Math it's it's, it's going to be um it's going to be a workshop, and then I'm going to develop kind of like another like two other workshops that this builds off of that will eventually become a course but i'm doing it through patchworks academy so awesome yeah. hey that's wonderful i'm so excited cool. to start I'm, doing that i'm super happy if you ever want to do any like um intel or research uh happy to kind of give you some of the conclusions that our program has gotten to okay cool and, uh, yeah i definitely <laughs> you've been on my mind as i'm i'm putting this together as some you know like i don't want to i don't want to Ex- overextend any of my my friendly resources but yeah you're definitely but i you know the reason i bring that up is yeah talking especially in the the courses that you teach in the environment you teach in that's got to be a difficult topic to really go over without having you know kind of a forlorn undertone to it of like i mean i i don't tend to i i tend to be to be pretty affirming because i i, I have this hope that people can be clever to figure like the art is not so much just putting out a song. The art is being the artist that it puts out songs. And so yes, by having yeah. that, by moving back a few steps, you can both more clearly see what you're doing in the kind of wider world of things, but also esteem the work as being important in the kind of micro side of it, which is of course, it's easy for people to get shouted down just by the din of stuff around them. So, or, you know, they hear these success stories that seemingly overnight and all that stuff. But, but I will say that, um, it, it is, it can be dispiriting just on the sense that you just have this churn of people that come through and you just know only so many of them are going to even just realize what they're trying to get from, from their, their, their passions. Right. So I'm yeah. sure you're going to have some of that going on, depending how much directly you're working with people. But then also, um, the fact that modular is still kind of, it's both seen as being this privileged art that, you know, only the moneyed rich can kind of play in, mm-hmm. but then also how some people put way too much weight on it. It's like, oh, this is where the sound design that EEPROM was sourcing from or that Aphex has been using. And like, mm-hmm. it, not to just single those two people out, but it's just interesting how like you just have these certain musicians who just, they put way too much on it and they just like lose sight of even why they're doing it. They're just like, I gotta, I gotta make this next like push. I gotta make a growl. Like mm-hmm. I had a student come up to me recently and was like that. I just, just want to make a growl. Like, why do you want to make it? Why? And they're just like, well, I, I need it for the song because I'm doing the sound and like it's this thing. And like this. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Tunnel vision yeah. and just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I it's, mean, I'm, I'm, it's a giant tower that's going to come crashing down around them when they realize it's like. That's, you know, and it's yeah, I think that's, you know, something that I've I've learned, you know, throughout my my various attempts at becoming a professional 
artist and whatever, you know, like I'm so glad that the first three, you know, big attempts I made were not the thing that actually worked out because mm. I'd be in a, a fucking cookie monster metal band that I was started when I was 18. If, if it all worked out at the beginning and I, you know, I don't want that now. So like, I think what I'm trying to say there is like, I think the, the overnight success story, I think is something that I was sold a big time, you know, with the behind the musics and everything. And, um, you know, we didn't have the access like we do now with, with social media and everything. And I, I just, it, it's a fairy tale. It's, it's not like there was some stuff like that, but you have to put in your time and figure it out. This is the exact stuff that you should be sharing with your students to a degree. See if you can find a way of just even the smallest snapshot in a very gentle way, probably maybe more than the kind of one where you kind of beat yourself up or they're going to talk about how much your values have changed. Cause you know, of course there's still some truth in the, and that band is still in you somewhere. The guitar is still being featured, totally. all this stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. but if you can, if you can express that, I think the the students or the whomever is taking the course would really appreciate that because I'm sure they could see themselves in that. But you also might find some ways of of kind of reckoning and making peace with some of those past selves, which I think is always valuable. definitely, yeah, absolutely. That's <sighs> Alfred always just putting a beautiful cherry on oh. the top of the end of a conversation. <laughs> Well, it's nice to be able to chat. I look forward to it. Play that, play that module on the spot in Portland. Send, send some uh, word about when that goes down. Um, we'll do. Maybe I can they do streams or something. But also just like, yeah, yeah it's really got to catch up a little bit. I look forward to catching up more though, not just in the recorded space. Likewise, place, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna hit stop here. That's our show. Thank you so much for coming back to Podular Modcast. Thank you to Alfred for coming back on. It's always a pleasure. Don't forget their new album is coming out this week. Link in the show description. Also, I want to remind y'all that I am doing the intro to Eurorack workshop at Patchworks August 18th at 3 p.m. Link in the show description to all the details for that. Uh, Speaking of Patchworks, thank you to Patchworks for their continued support of Podular Modcast. If you'd like to support the show, you can visit patreon.com forward slash Podular Modcast. I'd really appreciate that. Thank you to everybody who has supported so far. Sorry, this is the second week in a row I haven't done a featured artist, but with helping out with my mom and getting a new job and I've applied for another job, uh, it's just been like kind of crazy lately. So yeah, send me uh, emails telling me how hard you think my life must be and how much you appreciate all the sacrifices that I make. Um, I'm the best. But seriously, thank you so much for coming back to Podger the Modcast. This week's secret word is rigid. Until next time.